0: on the hunt with supernatural season six episode
1: seven family matters i'm chris barrows and my name is dan cummins welcome back to the best supernatural podcast on the air this is the show where chris and i rewatch our favorite show supernatural we break down the plot topics and themes of each episode and maybe dig out details that you missed the first time around chris it's good to be back here with you talking season six the season's been interesting so far and i think this episode is sort of a jumping point chris we, we we we're finally getting a big answer to one of the questions that we've been asking this whole season it's an 8.0 on imdb chris it's, it's a good episode it's certainly not one of the better ones we've seen so far i think we've seen some some really great episodes so far actually but this one i think you know it's hard to argue is really um built into the season to further the a plot right we now yes. understand like what the bigger thread is in this episode
0: yeah. This one is interesting. It, it's a critical episode. I mean, we talk about, is this worth rewatching? I think just because there's so many key plot points, you kind of have to watch this. Uh, it's, it's important for that reason. Uh, I clearly, I agree with you It I don't think it's the best episode of this season. We've had some episodes that have honestly surprised me and been really good. This season is better than I ex- been expecting so far. And again, I've said this partially coming off of what was just a phenomenal season it's hard to live up to that, right? Cause you're resetting. Uh, it's a, a whole different show in, in its own right. And so it, it's hard to compare to that, but this one family matters, which aired November 5th, 2010 is directed by Guy Norman B previously directed asylum season one, episode 10. And like you said, a rating was 8.0, you know, this one explores, and this is critical Samuel's motives because we've been mm-hmm. questioning what is up with Samuel one, we don't know how he's back. We, we've asked that question, right? But in addition to him being back, what is he up to? Because Dean doesn't trust him. You know, Sam has tried to make the argument, you know, it's family. But th- there's something up here. Now, I don't think, and I just want to state this, I don't think that uh, Dean <laughs> has a problem with the fact that, hey, there is a good thing to family hunting together his issue with Samuel is, what is he doing because as he's taking these monsters he doesn't know what's happening they're not really you know killing monsters per se they're, they're it's just a different approach than they've ever taken so it's a different world and sam very at times defensive of samuel say i don't know i mean he's 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 a he's kind of tried to sell him as a leader and sam to this point very often has followed so Sam falling in, we, you know, there is a Sam who's eventually a leader on this show. This is not this Sam. This Sam is more of a mercenary, I, I think it's fair to say.
1: Yeah, I've, I've been having a lot of fun on Reddit this week, Chris, and there's been a lot of great threads, some of which I've created, some of which I've just been throwing comments in. Uh, if, if you're not on the uh, Supernatural subreddit and you love this show, definitely get on there because there's a lot of really interesting, fun discussions going on over there, Chris. Um, and one of them recently was, uh, you know, am, am I crazy in thinking that Dean is generally an asshole? Because, like, when Dean meets a new person, he's a bit harsh. Like, he's not welcoming and, and assuming the best of them. And I thought, that's a really interesting question. Let me hop in here. And, and my response was, you know, Dean's kind of been through the ringer, Chris. He's been wronged a lot of times. He's been backstabbed a ton of times. Like, Dean has believed in people in the past most of the time doesn't work out though, right? So when we talk about the Campbells, when he's just like generally suspicious of them, I tend to give Dean a little bit of wiggle room there because I personally think he's justified in those feelings. And, you know, when your grandfather comes back from the dead, it's I feel like it's okay to be a little suspicious. And it turns out Dean's suspicion kind of verified here, right, Chris? Uh, And then also, let's remember Sam, is the other side of that coin, right? Sam and Samuel, they're both being resurrected at the same exact time. They've got to be tied to each other, right? And that's how we start this episode, Chris, which is Sam wakes up in a chair, beat to bloody hell, man. I mean, his his face, does not look good. And uh, Castiel is sort of in his face, like waving his hand around. It. And Sam, we have to remember, sort of submitted to Dean in the last episode, Chris, like there's obviously something wrong with Sam, but it turns out that Sam doesn't even really know what's wrong with him, which I think when I first watched this, this season, Chris, that was a shock to me. We know that Sam has been hiding certain details, but it turns out that Sam doesn't even know like ultimately what is wrong with him. But Cassiel is going to tell us that in this episode.
0: But I love that because obviously much like, and, and I don't want to say we defend, I, we certainly have our bias. Let's, let's face it. You have a bias towards Dean. I have a bias towards Sam. We acknowledge yeah. that acknowledge that from day one on the podcast. I, I love it because it justifies some of the things you've seen with Sam. He can't explain what's happening. And uh, to me, that is, uh, to me, that is a critical piece. The fact that Sam really hasn't been lying. He he hasn't been trying to do anything because, uh, you know, a, a manipulative thing. He legitimately is trying to be the best person he can be. But we're going to find out he has no soul. Right. And, it's not like he knew this. And, and I think that's a great thing for the story because as angry as Dean is, Sam's got a legitimate excuse for it. Now, could Sam have turned around sooner and said, I think there's something wrong with me? I'd argue it's probably hard when you have a soul, uh, no soul, to probably come to that conclusion. Right. So justified excuses. The only person who doesn't have a great excuse in this one is Samuel Mm -hmm. and that's to your point I think what's interesting because so in that moment like I said here Sam says Sam's lost his soul because his soul's in the cage let me talk to that for just a moment that means his soul is still being tortured in the cage by Lucifer and we don't talk about it in this episode but that is huge because Mm -hmm. do you really want that soul back is that worth it it is a real question you have to ask in this moment, um, but ultimately, this does lead to Castiel and the boys going and confronting Samuel because if he doesn't have a soul, does Samuel not have a soul? But here's the deal: Samuel has a soul. His decisions are made with a conscious You know, in, in that in in that kind of reveal, and that's huge. Samuel's not too thrilled about finding out <laughs> the way that he has to find out that he has a soul. Um, but he kind of goes along with it pretty well. He understands the distrust, uh, in that particular moment. And he, I think he's kind of like, uh, excited to an extent to meet Castiel. He's like, Oh, you must be the angel.
1: It's really funny, um, that he reacts that way because yeah, I, I was sort of expecting Samuel to freak out when Castiel shows up, uh, but he doesn't Chris. And I think that should be the first clue for us, right? Which is okay. Samuel has his soul but he was still resurrected so what's going on with Samuel right if it's not that it's something else it should have been obvious to us the first time around that if this man is not sort of thrown off by an angel maybe that's a clue that he's dealing with something else of equal power right um Castiel we have to talk about him for a second here Chris um he uh, isn't exactly thrilled with the boys at the moment. He has like this little moment with with Dean, this little spat. And Dean sort of demands that Cass figure out how to get Sam's soul back, right? They, they sort of have Castiel in his corner. And Castiel says something like, yeah, of course, like your problems come first, Dean. And then he disappears, right? We have to remember that he's sort of dealing with this civil war in heaven. And it's sort of like... a thrown to the side kind of thing Chris we've addressed it like in one or two episodes so far Um, but I really love that it's it's sort of poking a hole in the fact that yes Sam and Dean are like the main characters but there are so many other things going on in the background and poor Castiel like he is sort of the new face of heaven Chris like I don't think it's been official Uh, up until this point but like he is trying to right the wrongs that have happened so far and sometimes I forget that he even exists Chris so it's like I I, I just want to say I appreciate the writers putting him in this moment and giving some sass back to Dean because generally he's pretty happy to help out but it's good to see that he's giving him some attitude so that they can really like prioritize where they are in the world right Cassiel
0: has a point what he's dealing with is kind of more important than one person. Absolutely.
1: Like, soulless
0: soulless Sam is not the most dangerous thing in the world. What's the most dangerous thing in the world is the potential of the downfall of heaven and what that could mean in Castiel's world. Uh, Now, all that said, uh, you know, we, we dig deeper in this story in the sense that Sam and Dean learn that Samuel is about to attack a nest of alpha vampires. And I think it's really interesting because Dean is completely sidelined samuel's response still is i don't trust you he's sidelined but he is able to capture the fact that they put the alpha vampire into like a van and they're going to take him back to be interrogated and he is aware that sam knew of this the whole time by the end of this and he's angry because sam is still lying to him now he's lying to him he knows he has no soul but it's still lying at this point he, he, he he's trying to we're trying to decipher what does the impact of no soul have it's almost like taking everything completely from a logical perspective with no emotion uh, i mean that's really what that's really what it is you take the emotion out of the picture if the logical answer uh is to save the world um you know and you have to destroy like an entire town just as an example and this is not the scenario but Think about it this way: if we drop a bomb on an entire town and it's going to kill the person who's going to end the world, that's a justified response to someone like Sam. That's not a justified response to old Sam or Dean. Because that's extra killing an unnecessary thing. In this case, they've always killed the monster. Studying the monster has never been a thing that they've done. It's kill the monster. It's, you know, that's the whole point. They're on a hunt. So this is infuriating ultimately to Dean when he realizes Sam's lying to him Samuel's still lying to him and this is all after everything's just just happened and let's face it Dean beat the crap out of Sam last episode so we've seen what happens when he's pissed off and this is not a pretty situation to say the least
1: no Sola Sam is so interesting Chris because you're right he does see the world in black and white uh and and more than that it's almost like unlearning all the things that you learned in elementary school, right? If you're listening outside of the States, uh, I'm sure there's a different term for what that is. But like, you know, when you're five, six, seven, eight years old, you learn that lying is not okay, right? You learn that you're supposed to be polite to people and that you have to be considerate of other people's feelings, right? You learn all of those things. But but Sam almost doesn't realize that a lie is a lie because when when Dean confronts him about it, Sam goes, oh, you know, you weren't supposed to know about the Alpha Vamp. Like, it's very black and white. He doesn't realize that he's supposed to fill Dean in. He was just told by Samuel, don't tell your brother. So he's sort of just taking that order as it is in black and white.
0: It's And it's ironic because it's, I think the comparison can be made to Dean being the good soldier to his dad. Sam is being a good soldier. He's more of an ultimate warrior compared to Dean because really it's, there's no question whatsoever. Dean still could question. Sam has no question, and, and it is interesting. I really enj- am enjoying Soulless Sam and, and Jared's performance as Soulless Sam because I think all his choices are really interesting. But Dean is furious, and he does end up tracking. Uh, they end up tracking the GPS in Samuel's phone, where they find that they're questioning the Alpha van. Now, Sam's trying really hard to like placate Dean, but I think it's hard, really difficult for him. I I really think he's struggling, and you can see that. But ultimately, they find out, again, the Alpha Vamp is being questioned. And the reason he's being questioned, and we don't know the why yet, but we know that Samuel wants to uncover the location of purgatory. Now we've seen heaven. We've seen hell. Now we're talking purgatory. I mean, this is the trifecta of Christian faith, uh, which is the idea of of heaven hell and then purgatory where if you can't go to heaven you go to purgatory this purgatory is not a place you just send people it's very different here uh we're going to learn more about purgatory and what it means in in later episodes and seasons but uh the location of purgatory is the goal at this point and the why we do not know yet
1: yeah i I, can i just say at the top here like you said we're going to get into purgatory but i personally love the introduction of purgatory chris i think it's such a good idea for this show to explore. Um, Like you said, in, in modern um, philosophy, you know, very Dante purgatory was sort of an in-between place for human souls. That's not the case for here in this universe. In fact, it's for monsters. So like the, the question that we've had um, for, for six seasons now, Chris is like, what happens when you kill a vampire, right? Like where do they go? We've never established that, so I think introducing Purgatory is very cool, and I actually really love the design of Purgatory. We're going to get there, Chris. I can't wait to cover it, but um, yeah, we're trying to find Purgatory, and can I just say the Alpha Vamp, when they have him in the cage, I think it's like one of the coolest scenes of season six so far. I don't have the actor's name in front of me, Chris, but the Alpha Vamp himself I think is really uh, intimidating and intriguing. And the conversation he has with the boys is quite interesting uh, because he is very patient with them. He's very sort of, uh, sort of like how death was with Dean in season five. Like he doesn't see them as more than just maggots and he talks to them that way. Like he's not threatening them. He's not worried about them. He's just very calm in his approach. And that makes him very, very scary. Uh, and eventually, Chris, what happens is When they're, you know, in the middle of questioning him, Samuel turns around and says, okay, that's enough. You guys weren't supposed to see this. Sam, you lied to me. You said that you were going to be my loyal servant. You said Dean was gone. That's not the case. What are you guys doing? And then he escapes, Chris, the alpha vamp. And that is terrifying. Now, I just want to say, Chris, I think they could have done a little bit more with this scene when he escapes. Of course, they're like walking around in the dark. Um, I kind of wanted a little bit more. I wanted like flashes of him in the background and like make it a little scarier. I sort of missed that horror element uh, that we used to have in season one and two. I feel like they could have leaned into that a little more. But yeah, the alpha vamp, like we could have gotten much, much more out of him in this episode and in this season, actually
0: about a way the actor Rick Worthy played the alpha vampire uh, to give kudos to Rick Worthy. I think he was a phenomenal performer in this role. Uh, on this series and so i i I agree i would have loved to see sort of a callback to that x-files style that we got in the beginning with maybe they'll like them turn on flashlights a little bit of like you just see enough vampires being very quick like shadows moving behind i agree that would have been really neat we don't get that but um can we talk about the fact that christian is killed now that's the thing actually it's extremely interesting we talk about christian being killed uh and ultimately uh, he does try capturing Sam and saying a soulless person is a perfect animal. So that is the scariest thing. When the Val- alpha vamp is saying, if I turned you mm. soulless, soulless vampire. I mean, it, it is true. Sam is scary. And I love that they set this up. But Sam is truly frightening. Uh, if, if you think about it, this is the scariest probably any of us has been, even though. And, and I think that's a bold statement, perhaps just because. He was freaking Lucifer, right? You know, Lucifer right. was in his skin. But I'd argue this is just as scary outside of outside of any kind of, you know, archangel taking over you. This is about as scary as you can get as a human being to just have no soul. And this plays into much later seasons. We understand the value of the soul. Later it plays with Jack and other key characters who will be introduced. But here's the thing. We're not done... Uh, we're, we're not done with, with Christian because Christian, there's more to it than it seems because Christian has been a demon the entire time. And that is a huge reveal. We bring the demons back into it and this sets up the eventual return of Crowley. But he's been a demon for some time and he's been there playing his part we're not exactly sure exactly when Christian was was turned, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But Christian being a demon sets up the big reveal, which is Crowley and Crowley's new job, which, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but the boys kind of are the big reason this was possible. Once again, byproduct of the boys' actions is something else that is perhaps even worse than the previous scenario. In this case, that's Crowley being the king of hell.
1: Yeah. Uh, Can I go back to to Christian for uh, a second, Chris? I, I loved that reveal because, and like you said, we don't know exactly when he was possessed, but you have to think it was before Dean showed up, right? Because all of these episodes where Dean and Christian have been butting heads, it makes sense now that Christian would be a demon, right? In this episode in particular, they really go head-to-head. Head. I really would love to see those two guys throw down. As you said, I have a bias towards Dean, so I think Dean would kick his ass. But like, it's been really fun to see them banter. And I have to believe that's because there's been a demon in him the whole time. And yeah, look, very smart of Crowley. Like we say, Chris, he is not a dumb demon. He is the king of hell now, and he deserves that title. He's very smart. He's very cunning. He's planned this entire thing. And my favorite part, Chris, is that he knows Sam and Dean, or, or in this case, Sam for the most part, will do anything for family, right? So when you introduce a new member of the family, of course that's going to tie the whole dynamic together. Crowley is, is no uh, schmuck. He knows exactly what he's doing. And I love this reveal, Chris. I know the next episode we're going to cover is going to see Crowley actually throw them into a mission, but that's what we're talking about now. Crowley has these guys by the balls, Because he controls Sam. He has his soul. He can do whatever he wants to Sam. And Dean's sort of handcuffed here. There's nothing he can do about it. Um, I really love this scene, Chris. Of course, Crowley's plan is to get as many high-ranking monsters as possible. right? He wants to know where Purgatory is. We don't know more than that. He just sort of wants to know the location. Chris, we don't really get the full extent of his plan just yet. But we do know he's trying to find Purgatory. So... Yeah, they started with the Alpha Vamp, but next episode, we're going to deal with a new monster, and then after that, we're going to deal with you know more and more monsters. So um, yeah, like I said, I, I really love that reveal, uh, and and we we sort of get the big answer to the question we've been asking this whole time is, what is Samuel's motive, right? We have most of the answer, Chris. We don't know exactly why he's working for Crowley. Samuel wants something, right? We don't know what that something is. But now we know that he is Crowley's bitch, as Dean puts it. And I love that reveal. I think it's really great. And it's good to see Crowley again, honestly.
0: Yeah, and, and you think about this. You've got Sam and Samuel who've been brought back. So Crowley's got them by the balls. There's no other way to put it. He, he's got them in that spot. And yep. he essentially says, I can throw you right back in there. Um, I think that's kind of an overstatement because technically they still have to be killed. He'd be, it just means he's going to send demons after them, right? You know, that's that's what it means. It's not as simple as, okay, you're back there. But that said, he's got them in this situation, and yeah, the idea of them working for Crowley, uh, they don't have a choice. Dean doesn't like it. Sam is kind of, well, it's the job. You know, we're still hunting bad guys, and and that's the soulless Sam part of it. And and that, I, I think, this is an exploration for me this season of Really, it's a very Sam season in the sense of, of getting to see what Jared can do with this soulless version of himself. And he's fighting. Right now, he wants his soul back. That's not necessarily going to stay the same, you know, mindset that he has. And it, he's conflicted. And so, conflicted Sam is always interesting to me. I think he does conflicted Sam well, regardless of the scenario. Um, but yeah, they're working for him. Now, the title of this episode, um, if we get into some fun facts, Dan might stand out to you. Uh 1990s there was a sitcom on TGI Fridays. Don't know if you watched, you were a little younger there, but uh Family Matters, uh, which was a great show. Uh I used to watch that one. So yeah, that's that's a, a reference in terms of the, the episode title. The other one 90s reference is Dean Greaves Christian speaking of that saying hello Newman. And that was what Jerry Seinfeld always said to his neighbor and they didn't get along so great. Uh his kind of his nemesis so but that was really funny and very appropriate for Dean to be saying that to him. And I think that's a timeless reference because Seinfeld's still fantastic. And you could put Seinfeld on the air now and make it topical and it would still be great.
1: Yeah, biggest show on TV, right? I think that's uh I think that's a fact. I think they broke records with that show. Um so yeah obviously that's a that's an easy one to spot. Uh I pulled out this quote from the Alpha Vampire Chris because like I said, I just I just love the idea of hunters going against vampires on horseback. We've talked about that a ton because it's been mm-hmm. mentioned by so many characters. Like I just would have loved to see a Samuel Colt prequel. Uh, and alpha vamp has like some really interesting things to say, but the quote I pulled out was when you're fi- when you're kind first huddled around the fire, I was the thing in the dark. Now you think you can hurt me. I just, such a cool quote, Chris, the fact that, This guy is a thousand years old, you know, tens of thousands years old, actually. Um, It's just so very cool. And he's such a cool monster. You know, he can communicate telepathically with his children, uh, even those that like aren't fully turned like Dean, which is how he knows Dean's name, right? Like that monster, that actor for me was like the shining light of this episode. I think the rest of it was just okay, but I would rewatch this again just for his scenes, which is saying a lot because he's only on screen for like five, 10 minutes, maybe Uh, really, really cool. We are going to see him again, which is nice. Uh, I'm looking forward to that.
0: We are going to see him again. And I think, I think you're right though. I think I'm not comparing the performance to death because death is the greatest introduction and and ultimately big, bad in my one, of big, you know, kind of not necessarily always big, bad, but uh, greatest introduction. One of the greatest on-screen performances in the entire series in his limited time that he is on camera. But he has that same kind of vibe to him that you're you're glued to the screen when the alpha vamp is there. So I'm with you on that one. Uh, we will ultimately see this this vamp uh, again and again uh, for a few different seasons. Uh we'll, we will actually see him as late as season 12. So uh, he comes back a few times, uh, which is great. Um, and to your point, love that Crowley is back. I love that we can now say Crowley is the king of hell. Um, and I like it because it's the pre buddy buddy seasons when Crowley's helping them and they're helping Crowley, but it, this is forced help. You know, the later seasons, they help each other, but they both are getting some value out of it. The boys get no value out of it right now, other than hopefully Sam's soul back, but yeah. And with you overall, I enjoy the episode. Um, it's not the best of the season, but it's still quality and it's worth watching uh, in my view. And uh, yeah, I I think uh, again, the the season continues to surprise us. I think next week's episode, uh, which is all dogs go to heaven. It takes a little bit of a hit for me. I know what they're going for with it, but I'll be interested what you think of that one, because I do think there's some interesting stuff in the episode that, um, that keeps me watching it. Um, But at the same time, um, I don't, I will just tell everybody I did not like it as much as this week's episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. You know, there's going to be some episodes that, uh, you know, just aren't as good. And that's just that's the reality of the show. Um, The reality of our show, Chris, is that we are uh, on the air every week. If you're not subscribed, uh, please do that. You'll get a notification uh, as soon as we upload these episodes, which is generally every Tuesday at noon. We appreciate you listening. Like we said earlier, you can follow us on Twitter or Reddit. We're always trying to host interesting uh, threads and discussions over there. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, Chris, looking forward to next week. As you said, um, can I just tease that I think next week's episode, see Jared's best hair day of the season? Just something I pulled out. If you're not going to rewatch that one, at least check out his hair uh, in <laughs> season six, episode eight. All done. There's going debate ahead.
0: about the best seasons of Sam's best hair seasons because people Absolutely. hate later season hair. I, I know. Yep. um, But uh, yeah, well, to that point, I think, you know, if we're if we've gotten to the point, where we're talking about Sam's hair. That's definitely it for this week. But we will be back because after all.
1: We've got work to do. <laughs>